Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ve sellemu ve baraka ala seyyidina ve nebiyyina Muhammed. Ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in. Ve tabi'ina lehum bi ihsanin ve da'a bi da'vetihim ve stennebi sunnetihim ila yevmiddin. Amma ba'du fa'udu billahi minasşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Ve kâle rabbukum ud'uni estecib lekum İnnellezîne yestekbirûne an ibadeti seyedhulûne cehenneme dâhirîn Ve kâle ta'ala Ve izâ se'eleke ibâdi anni fe inni qarîb Ucîbu da'vete da'i izâ da'an Fel yestecîbu li vel yu'minu bi la'allehum yarşudûn وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدعاء هو العبادة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم One of the greatest tools at our disposal to take from the treasures of Allah سبحانه وتعالى and to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is dua and dua is such a great act of worship that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in one hadith he says that dua is the very act of worship it's the essence of worship why? Because when a person makes dua, he is humbling himself, he turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he shows his utter neediness towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this person, this da'i, this person who is supplicating Allah, imploring Allah, he presents his own broken state his weakness, his poverty, and his need towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what ibadah is all about. Ibadah is that a person humbles himself to the utmost level in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person humbles himself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person surrenders himself before the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a person realizes his total worthlessness and the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what we learn in dua. This is what we learn in dua. When we make dua, this is what we're doing. We express our weakness and the best way to understand what dua as a concept encapsulates and what it covers we look at the duas of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the duas which rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made in the presence and in the court of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what he asked for the manner in which he asked how he placed his need before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are left amazed when we see the humbleness 
of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why dua is important in the life of a Muslim at all times. At all times. Generally, our practice has become that we make dua only when we feel there is something that we want from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We feel we have a particular need to be fulfilled. That's when we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for dua. Which is fine in and of itself that we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we ask Him to fulfill our needs. But dua is not just an option that we turn to when we need something and when we feel we don't need anything we turn away from dua Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said whomsoever it pleases that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should accept his dua at times of difficulty then he should make plenty of dua at times of ease Whomsoever it pleases that Allah should accept his dua in times of difficulty, then he should make plenty of dua during his time of ease. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates the fact that this servant of mine, this slave of mine, knows that he needs me at all times. He needs me at all times. This is why one of the pious predecessors, he mentions something to the effect that a person needs to be, needs to realize his dependence upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a way that a person considers himself to be needy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he is at home when he's enjoying life when he is living a very comfortable life just as much as that person who has been at sea and his ship or boat sinks and now he's clinging on to a plank of wood a small piece of wood he's clinging on to hoping that this piece of wood will drift towards the shore and he should be saved. A person within the comfort of his home needs to realize that he is in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just as much as that individual is in need of Allah. We need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time of our ease and our comfort and we feel that everything around us is secure, everything is safe, everything is going perfectly fine and well for me, everything is running smoothly for me. At that time, a person needs to realize that I need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just as much as that person who is at sea clinging on with his life to a plank of wood, waiting to be cast onto the shore. 
This is how much we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we understand our need towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we will make dua at all times. This is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, he, he taught us that when you ask, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the extent that if your shoelace breaks or the strap of your sandal breaks, then turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that as well. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you that. Why? Because when a person realizes that he is in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something as small as a lace or a strap of a shoe, then with greater reason, this person is going to understand his need towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in greater things. If I need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something as small as my shoelace, then how is it possible that I don't need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the greater things in my life? When it comes to my health, when it comes to my wealth, when it comes to my property, when it comes to my family, when it comes to my deen, when it comes to my practicing of Islam, when it comes to hidayat and guidance, when it comes to my livelihood, how then can I not turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and depend upon Him in these things? So this is why we need to really uh, revive the sunnah of dua. Revive the sunnah of dua. Generally, at the very most, the dua that we make is a dua after salah. That's all we do. It's the only time we make dua. The dua after salah. And even that, it's very short. And we're just uh, making this dua as a formality we are not asking actually asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we are not actually placing our needs before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we are reading duas as I mentioned the duas of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam are the best duas that any person can make the duas of the Quran are the best duas that any person can make and when a person is makes duas through these words then definitely a person is going to benefit there's no doubt about that but when we make dua we have to actually be mindful of what we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's not an exercise of just reading it's not an exercise of just reading certain words and that's dua dua is actually asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's why it's mentioned in one hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept the dua of a person whose heart is absent-minded. A person who is absent-minded, his heart is thinking about this and, that, this and that. Allah does not accept that dua. A person has to be fully attentive towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he makes dua. So generally our dua is restricted to and confined to after salah. And if we're in the masjid and we're performing salah in congregation, that generally what happens is we lift our hands and we are just waiting for the Imam to pass his hands over his face. And whilst we're making dua, we're just like this, maybe fiddling with our fingers, fiddling with our hands, looking around here and there. And as soon as the Imam finishes the dua, our hands automatically go over the face like this. This is just fulfilling a formality. And this is not what dua is about. Dua is about pouring 
one's heart out in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Starting with the hamd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sending salat and salam upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa expressing one's weakness, mentioning one's weakness, mentioning one's sins, seeking forgiveness for one's sins, and then placing our needs before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his blessed names, imploring him through his mercy, through his fadl, through his grace, through his kindness. This is dua. So this is what we really need to revive in terms of dua. And there are certain times in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts dua even more than he does at other times. A person's dua is more accepted at these times. And one of the prime times in which duas are accepted, or we can perhaps say the greatest moment of accept acceptance is the time of tahajjud. The last third portion of the night when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends towards the closest heaven in a manner that befits him as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as befits his majesty uh, we don't elaborate on this we just believe in it as it is and we declare Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be above having uh, a physical body that he descends physically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he descends we believe that and that's sufficient uh, we don't need to go any further so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends towards uh, the, the, the closest heaven Sama'ud dunya in the last third portion of the night and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he calls out is there anybody seeking forgiveness that I should forgive him is there anybody seeking sustenance that I should grant him sustenance and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to call in this way so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling out Allah is willing to give Allah is actually calling out who is there who wants who is there who needs something I'm willing to give this is the time to get up and ask me so this is the best time to make dua and when I'm when I say make dua I mean in the sense of that we actually take some time out of our daily schedule our daily routine and we fix a particular time that this is a time where we are going to make dua so alongside the dua that we do after our salah and at other times we fix a time and this is the best time that we can fix the time of tahajjud to turn to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically and place our needs before him place our needs before him the dua after salah is accepted and the dua at the time of tahajjud is also accepted as I mentioned, the dua that we do after salah, it should not just be a formality that we're completing. Just a ritual that we do, just waiting for the imam, we listen to the imam, and then we pass our hands over our face. This is not the essence of dua. The imam is reading, he reads his dua, if the imam does it silently, we continue in our own dua. And we finish, we can finish in our own time. We don't have to wait for the Imam to finish. 
So this is a time when du'as are accepted and also the time of tahajjud, the last third portion of the night. This is a moment in which du'as are accepted. And as I mentioned right in the beginning, the du'as taught by Rasulullah are the best of du'as. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ that he وسلم, does not speak of his own desire. It is only a wahi and revelation that is sent down to him. So every dua that Rasulullah made and he taught us, it was inspired to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was inspired to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why when we look at the duas of the Prophet وسلم, we see that they are extremely comprehensive. They don't leave anything except that they cover them. One, once a Sahabi, Rasulullah taught him a dua. Allahumma gfilli, warhamni, warzuqni, wa'afini. Allahumma gfilli, warhamni, warzuqni, wa'afini. Oh Allah, forgive me. Have mercy upon me, grant me sustenance, wa'afini, and keep me well, keep me with, keep me with afiyah, keep me well, keep me safe. So Rasulullah said that these four words have gathered for you your dunya and akhirah. Just in four short words, four short phrases, Rasulullah covered everything that a person needs. Allah's forgiveness, Allah's mercy, risk and sustenance, and afiyah well-being. What more can a person ask for? And each and every dua that we see of the Prophet wasallam, we see this quality there. We see this common thread there that Rasulullah wasallam, in these short duas would cover everything that a person requires. So this is why we should learn the duas of the Prophet wasallam with their meaning and use these to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when these du'as have come for, from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they already have the this, this seal of assurance and acceptance. They are already certified because they are the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. At times we make du'a but out of our ignorance and our lack of understanding. We may ask for something which isn't correct. We may ask for something which we feel is correct, but it isn't according to the teachings of Allah and His Rasul Once Rasulullah went to visit a Sahabi عنه, who was uh, quite ill. And Rasulullah when on seeing him said, that, have you made dua have you asked for anything in particular is there any dua that you've made so he said yes i made dua to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whatever punishment you're going to give me in the hereafter give it to me in this life whatever punishment you have in store for me in the hereafter give it to me in this life so rasulullah said subhanallah does anyone have the ability to bear that 
And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam then said, Why did you not say, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana, wa qina adhab al-nar? That, oh Allah, grant us good in this life and good in the hereafter and save us from the punishment of the fire. This is a dua that you should have made. There is no need for anyone to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, whatever punishment you are going to give me in the hereafter, give it to me now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have a particular quota to fill. If he's not going to punish you in the hereafter, he has to give it to you now. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you good in this life and in the hereafter and to save you from the punishment of the fire. So the point is that when it comes to du'as, we may end up making a du'a which isn't appropriate. But if we stick to the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and we make du'a through them, then we can uh, uh, rest assured that our what we are asking for is perfectly right, is perfectly in line with the Sharia, and we're not asking for anything wrong whatsoever. Because these are the du'as of Rasulullah So we should invest in those books in which they are the du'as of the Prophet are mentioned, and also not just the general du'as, but there are specific du'as that we learn for different times. For example, before going into the bathroom, Bismillah, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'ith. Oh Allah, I seek your refuge against the male jinns and female jinns. Now there's a specific purpose and reason behind making this dua, which is that the bathroom and places of impurity like this are where the jinns and shayateen uh, present themselves. The reason being, is that these are places of impurity, these are places where a person's satar is exposed. So Rasulullah taught us first to say Bismillah. In one hadith it's mentioned that the barrier between a person's aura, a person's private area, and the eyes of the jinn is that a person says Bismillah, meaning before entering the bathroom. And then Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'ith We are seeking Allah's refuge. Then when you leave the bathroom, ghufranak. Yeah, du'as before eating, du'as after eating, du'as when wearing one's clothes. A person leaves the house, a person says, Bismillah, tawakkaltu ala Allah, la hawlu wa la quwwata illa billah. It's a du'a that the Prophet taught. And he said, a person who leaves his house, then he is guided, he is protected, he sufficed against, uh, for, for all his needs. shaitan, And shaitan also steps back from him. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika an udhilla aw udhal, aw azilla aw uzal, aw adhlima aw uzlam, aw ajhala aw yuchala alayhi. Such a beautiful, comprehensive dua before leaving the home. So we should get into a uh, habit of reading. First of all, we should learn these duas and then get into a habit of reading these du'as and in this manner if a person throughout his day is making these different du'as that the Prophet wasallam taught and this person is always going to be in the state of dhikr a person is going to always be in the state of dhikr and, as a, and a person will be included amongst amongst those men who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly and amongst those females who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
give us all the tawfiq to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dua abundantly and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those fortunate individuals whose duas are always accepted and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all those actions and all those statements uh, which prevent and stop our duas being accepted in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Amin wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in